Michael Waits Media, telling Asia's stories. Okay, the recorder's on. Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome back to the Social Innovation Podcast. I am excited to have Jan Chaplitsky, nailed it, and, oh, I didn't even ask you, but I'm going to say it anyway, an Edmund Hillary Fellow and a co-founder of CarbonClick.com. Jan, it's great to have you on the show. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Thanks for having me on, Michael. <laughs> I'm glad you're fantastic. What exactly is the Edmund Hillary Fellowship? That's a great question. And I, and I think I'm going to answer it with a bit of a story. So I was scrolling through Facebook, which I don't normally do, but this time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This time though, you know, I saw this advertisement pop up um, and they were advertising for this fellowship. They were building a group of people that wanted to create positive impact from New Zealand into the world. And they were inviting people from all over the world to do this. And it would be a mix. It would be a mix of people from different industries, different specialties and different histories. And when I looked at some of the people in the fellowship, I just, I was incredibly impressed. And I thought that you know, maybe one day when I make it big, I'll be able to join this fellowship and I'll be able to create positive impact from New Zealand with, with these other great people. And that was around cohort three time. And then these cohorts rolled and, and all of a sudden I got alerted that cohort eight is going to be the last cohort. Oh, and no, I like, really? But I, I haven't made it big yet. What am I going to do? So they had done three when you first saw it and they're up to eight and they're going to stop doing it. Yes. Why are they stopping? It was a, a program that had a limited uh, scope. Okay. I don't know exactly the parameters, but it was a time-based and, and a fellow-based. So there's okay. around 500 fellows. Well, that's awesome. So now you're part of an exclusive club. Anyway, so you saw eight, you said it's going to be done, and you're like, oh, I'm not ready for this yet. But that's never true. Yeah. Well, I decided to apply because you know I'm, I've been on a journey. So since I saw it back at cohort three, uh, I have been on this journey to create positive impact. And right. uh, I was encouraged to apply and, and I learned more that the fellowship is also actually about supporting people on that journey. So a lot of the fellows who have succeeded in creating positive impact and are now doing it again, the idea is to merge and kind of accelerate some of the initiatives and create new initiatives in New Zealand. So I applied, I remember sitting literally minutes to the deadline, midnight, <laughs> fast approaching. And of course, I'm always late. So uh, I put through the application. It was rigorous and I managed to, to get in. So that's been absolutely amazing. It is a very complex group of people. Do they teach you stuff? Do they put you through, like, what do they actually do? And do you pay for that or do they let you, is it free? There was a fee and, and different people have different fees, but it wasn't a huge, huge fee. So that was, it's not really kind of a barrier to, okay. to join. And I'm, you know, some people get that fee waived right. if, if the financial circumstances don't work for them. But I mean, it's mostly, it's mostly a network and it's being able to reach out to these people. There's plenty of events. You, you simply meet, you talk, you see if there are any opportunities to collaborate. I've had a lot of amazing conversations, fellows. I just, they are definitely my tribe. I, I identified that a long time ago. They're absolutely amazing to talk to. Their their viewpoint is really different from, from anything else I've seen. 
and yeah, we meet, we talk, we have events, um, and we look for, I guess, opportunities to do things together. That's awesome. And there are only 500 people you said, yeah? Yeah, there's about just over 500 as far as I know. Yeah. And, and not everybody's active and you know, some, some events appeal to some people. So lots of small clusters within that group as well. Were you always involved in this space? And if you weren't, like what got you involved? What drives somebody to stop what they were doing before and to move into this sort of social innovation space or impact space? Yeah, so I I would liken it to a seed that was sown. And, and that happened when I traveled around Southeast Asia for half a year back in 2006. So that's Six. quite a while ago now. Yeah, it's a while ago, yeah. Yeah, I'm from Norway originally, and Norway is an amazing place, but it's very much like a bubble. And New Zealand is a bubble as well, but that only came later. When I when I went and traveled Southeast Asia, you know, my eyes were open to the realities of the world. Right. And a few seeds were sown, um, but one of those seeds was the environmental impact of 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 human civilization, industrialization, manufacturing, all that kind of stuff, right? Exactly. And, and the different types of impact I saw, like negative impact, like physical pollution. And, and, and I also realized there's this other type of pollution, which is the, the carbon pollution in the air. Right. Plus, obviously, visible pollution in the air from, from manufacturing and exhaust and things. So I became quite concerned about my impact. And I thought this mission started growing inside where... I actually feel like I need to do something about this. And, and that evolved to uh, the desire to leave the planet in a better shape than when I arrived. And I thought, yeah, that's good. That's a good mission. What were you doing before that, though? Before my trip to Southeast Asia? Yeah. I was quite young. So I had just finished my studies uh, in Denmark. And I was between my bachelor's and master's degree. Okay. But I really wanted to do a bit of travel. So I was looking for people to travel with. And, and managed to uh, actually find a couple of uh, girls to travel with, which was which was <laughs> crazy when I think about it, but absolutely amazing because um, one of those girls is now my wife. Uh, <laughs> That's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, traveling with somebody really uncovers a lot of uh, layers, and and you really learn quickly yes. if you can get along with that person. For so. Sure. And I guess if you can, you have to marry them. It, 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 that's part of the law, isn't it? It says it on your airline ticket. If you're getting along for more than three or four months, you must get married kind of thing. Yeah, clearly, clearly. <laughs> so then what, what did you do about it? In other words, not, not the marriage part. I can, I can understand that part. But what did you do? So you said to yourself, okay, I, can, I see all this stuff going on that I really wasn't aware was happening before. And now that I see it, I can't unsee it. And now I feel like mm. I have to do something about it. So what did you decide to do? Well, the physical pollution was relatively easy to tackle. The typical beach cleanups. Um, when I go for a walk, uh, I bring a plastic bag and I pick up rubbish along the way. Yeah, that was relatively easy. The harder part was the, the carbon footprint. Uh, I thought, you know, I had done a lot of uh, air travel and I got aware that travel has a serious uh, carbon footprint. So I started researching and, and this was part of the reason why I ended up on this path is it's actually quite hard to do 
something about your carbon footprint. You know, you can reduce your footprint, but what about the historic footprint? So I looked at, you know, can I buy some land somewhere and plant some trees or what else can someone do? Right. And this carbon offsetting came up and I started exploring, can we use some technology to, hey, could we get a hundred people together and buy a forest and we each plant a part of that forest? There blockchain technology that can be, could be used to solve this problem. Started kind of trying to find a way to, um, I guess, scratch that itch. What exactly is a carbon offset anyway? Like, how does that work? Right. So you have big companies like Apple and Google saying, okay, now they're carbon neutral, but they're still manufacturing a ton of stuff. Google, not so much, right? But they're still buying things that are manufactured. They're buying computers. They're built. They're in buildings. People are driving to work every day. What is a carbon offset? I really honestly don't understand how it works. Yeah. So I actually hate the term carbon offset because it sounds really technical and it has, it's been tainted by shit carbon offsets, as we say uh, here at Carbon Click. But a better way to call a carbon offset is the ability to fund a climate project. It's simply the mechanism with which you fund a project that does good in terms of, you know, its climate impact. So a typical project, and if we can just continue down the forest of, down the path of forests, forest, yeah. is creating a forest. That project, if we create one that otherwise wouldn't have been created, so say I'm a polluter and I emit a certain amount of CO2, and I go and create a forest that otherwise wouldn't have been there, that's a carbon offset, effectively. Is it measurable, though? Let's just say in a one-factory universe, I've got a factory that manufactures, I don't know, headphones. doesn't matter to me. How can I measure what type of carbon I'm emitting into the atmosphere? And then how do I know how many forests I have to plant to offset that? Yes. So there is quite a lot of science behind it, um, both on the measurement of how much you're emitting and the science of how much the forest is sequestering. A very important part of a high quality offset project is that it's very carefully measured and verified to have actually occurred. So, you know, did the trees grow as fast as projected? So people will actually go and measure those trees. And at the factory, you look at all the parameters that went into creating those headphones and there's these methodologies for calculating it. It's quite, it's, it's not that hard. Complex businesses are hard, but say, you know, burning one liter of petrol is about two point two and a half kgs of CO2. It's just, it's just, it just physics. is. So okay. these types of formulas, you just run them on your business and you get a business carbon footprint. Is there enough space on earth to be able to create or fund enough projects to offset, I'm putting it in quotes because you don't, you obviously don't like this term, but to offset the negative impact of the emissions that we're creating or the emissions just going so much faster than our ability to create projects that will mathematically offset that. Yeah. So the trap by thinking in these types of scenarios, I find, and I get quite a few of these questions is they're, they're quite like one and zero, almost, almost there's not enough nuance and there's also that solution isn't happening by itself. Like forests, yes, uh, probably won't be space. And emissions, no, there, we definitely won't be able to offset emissions. But there's literally a thousand, maybe actually 10,000 people like me or even businesses, they're tackling climate change and they're all doing something. 
So businesses, they're reducing emissions. They're doing lots of R&D on how to innovate and reduce, produce in a less environmentally impactful way. Uh, offsets, that's just one currency. There's actually like reef credits happening that address destruction from, from agriculture running into the ocean. There's biodiversity credits popping up. There's all these new currencies um, happening. And these are just ways to measure good things that we can do to counteract some of the bad things that we do. So there's thousands of projects. And together, I think these are the things that, you know, they, they, do, make, they do make a big difference. Awesome. Okay. I mean, that's really informative. I asked the question because I really don't know the answer, right? So it is a great question. I mean, I've at least learned I've at least learned one thing. And I like these thought experiments and and, and people people like them because um, they they're interesting. Like there's literally a, a very interesting bit of research happening, you know, can we create a forest in the Sahara Desert? Could it be possible? And do we even want to? But the idea is that it's not just the forest that is offsetting the emissions. And I do think it's important to note that this whole idea of climate change, it's not a question, is there climate change taking place? And are humans impacting the climate? You tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the science says the answer to that question is, shut up, stupid. <laughs> like, of course. Oh, no, it's, it's absolutely, you know, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I think People who are saying there's doubts, I think they're possibly stuck in, in science that maybe 10 years ago there was some doubt, but there's absolutely no doubt now with all the evidence. Yeah, it's it's black and white. Yeah, I would make the case that they're just operating under their own financial self-interest and don't actually give a shit, but that's just me. I want to <laughs> know, know exactly what Carbon Click does, and you as a co-founder of Carbon Click... Like what? What does this company do, and what's the mission? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell. I'll. I'll give you the story as well on this one because uh, it does put things into context. So, I was working at an airline, and this airline wanted to start offering carbon offsets uh, alongside a, a flight purchase. And my kind of firsthand experience of that was like, this is difficult. This is really, really hard. And if this airline that's extremely capable is having I mean, it wasn't extremely, like it wasn't impossible to do it, but it was just so much harder than it needed to be. Like right. if I want to email my customers, I pick up an email platform and I start using it within, I don't know, minutes. But carbon offsetting, you, you had to do everything yourself. And I thought, wow, that's just really inefficient. It's hard. And maybe there's thousands of businesses out there that would start embracing and, and accelerating the adoption of carbon offsets in the right place if it was simple. So I spoke to a few people and we did a mini accelerator and we validated, we did this rapid prototyping and we did a lean canvas and all the typical startup-y things uh, you do. And yeah, we just kept getting validation that uh, this is a real problem. It's, it's a challenge for businesses. So it's hard for business to engage. Consumers as well, there's not enough transparency. People don't really understand it. It's like, you know, the taxi industry before Uber arrived. Right. It's just it's just dated. Carbon offsets is, has been a stale, stagnant mechanism. So I thought, well, let's try to innovate in this space. And yeah, Carbon Click was born. Okay. And what, and what does it do? Like, how does it work? So we're meant to be like a company that offers everything you need as a business to be able to start offering offsets alongside your 
your business. So could be embedded in the product or could be in the checkout or could be in any other way easily. So we take care of the technology, the sourcing of the carbon offset projects. We do, do, we do a lot of due diligence on the projects to make sure that we bring on board the, the very best projects. The technology provides full transparency to the offset. So the customer knows and can connect with the projects. Yeah, we just try to make it simple. We try to often help the businesses tell the story in the right way. We help make sure that they are actually not greenwashing. There's, there's a real concern there. We, we don't we don't want to support that in any way. So we're working with the businesses that are genuinely looking at sustainability toolkit and picking up every single tool. Like we need to take action. Climate change is happening. We need to be leaders. This is for uh, good for business, good for people, good for planet. These types of businesses are the ones we want to work with. It sounds to me, if I understand this correctly, that this scales. Even if I'm a small shop on a side street somewhere in Indonesia, I can install carbon click and sort of contribute to tackling this problem of climate change. Or if on the airline, like you were talking about, they can install it as well. I mean, I don't know what the mechanism for installation or for usage is yet. You can tell me that too, but it just sounds like anybody can do this no matter the size of the business. And then instead of thousands of people, you can have millions of people actually contributing to this. And if you're going in the, in the back end and validating the projects as well, now you're also creating a pipeline and a place where people can put those projects so they can actually get funded too, right? So it's like a two-sided marketplace for creating impact on climate change. Is that, is that right? Do I have that right? You, you do, you do, exactly. And we see our job as removing friction for a business to, to embrace it. So for example, we have a plugin for Shopify, you know, powers a million stores globally. That plugin enables carbon offsetting at the checkout within five minutes. For businesses like airlines, we do have Etihad Airways has has announced a partnership with us. Uh, we've gone live with a airport group in the UK with 60 million passengers a year. So these guys are using some of the tools, integration options, like straight into our platform. We create a lot of assets for them to to just make it as simple as possible and accelerate the the, the journey for them. Wow, you are going to get really busy. <laughs> You better take a long, hard look at that bed because you're not going to get a good look at it for a while, it sounds like to me. And I, I'm just like, it's been three years, uh, backbreaking, you know, day in, day out, pushing through ups and downs. It's backbreaking, like entrepreneurship, and, and you know, <laughs> you're doing it as well. It's it's, it's backbreaking. It's, it's a lot of work. And nobody warned me, really. You, you hear a lot of the gl glory stories. I honestly tell my friends sometimes they're like, oh yeah, and I really want to, you know, I want to start my own business. I'm and you're like, like, no, you don't. Sure. <laughs> <Are> you sure? <laughs> At least do something, do, do something that you're really passionate about because the passion is going to wake you up. Like, luckily, I didn't have to do a 1 a.m. call. My whole team did a 1 a.m. call yesterday. Uh, I was like, oh, thank God. But yeah, passion will keep will wake you up and will keep you going. I was looking through my directory structure before this call and I was just rearranging some things and I noticed that the last timestamp on a file that I had that I was editing last night was at 2.05. Yeah, that's that's a good example. Yeah, and that's insane. And then I was back that's up insane. at 6.30. So I get, I understand the feeling. But the fact that, and it's such a shame that it's called impact investing stuff because you're actually having another impact and that is if you can get 
an agreement with an airport that has 60 million or airport group that has 60 million passengers a year going through like that could actually have massive impact on what you're trying to accomplish no and it's also a signal to other people that are thinking about well do i really want to use carbon click well if those people are using it then maybe we can use it too is is the integration is the integration easy is it hard is it getting easier do you know what i mean from a technology standpoint yeah this has been a real real consideration so from from the early days i uh, decided I, I like these silly names so i called it the standing on the shoulders of giants that's going to be our strategy right. so working with the biggest businesses that have the highest demands brand risk is is extremely important to to manage um, they vet their partners extremely high you know the, the software needs to be extremely secure and all that so we created this really really awesome foundation the platform uh, which caters to those needs so that is now helping us to reduce barriers to to integrate and to get businesses to use us there's still work you know if, I, if i'm integrating this into my checkout that's that's the holy spot for so many businesses like right. the checkout is the most optimized part of the buying experience uh, so of course there's going to be some work but we we're in the business of removing as much friction as possible and being able to connect through these giants through these innovation leaders who are you know really going going strong we want to connect them to millions of individuals and my hope is by 2030 uh, to have a measurable impact in the fight against climate change so it's a great vision and a great mission actually to be fair do you does your brand get exposed when people use this product or is it just a platform that operates in the background right it's called carbon click but is it like intel inside where i know that carbon click is powering something or is it just operating in the background and people don't know that's actually one of my big surprises is I always thought that these giants will just want to fully white label the carbon right. click platform. But it turns out the brands like the co-branded version. So that's slightly one layer below a fully white labeled. So, and of course, in hindsight, it's quite clear, like, you know, you see a payment form powered by Stripe right. and you know, okay, that's really freaking secure. Right. So a, a carbon offsetting experience, hopefully we can get there at some point carbon offsetting experience powered by carbon click, you know, is rock solid. It's like right. the gold standard of offsetting. So that's, that's happening with an airport group and airline and quite a few more that we're working on. I think this, you know, it's, it's going to get easier and easier and there's going to be some brand recognition happening as well. Good, good, good. How do you get paid? Like what's the business model for you? Yeah. So the, there's three parts to our, model which is not the simplest we're trying to simplify things but uh we we do charge a integration onboarding setup fee yeah. um so there's sometimes some audit light audits we do on the business and kind of warrant of fitness to make sure that you are uh, the right type of business to do this then there's a monthly subscription so businesses pay a monthly SaaS fee effectively for the, for the licensing of the platform and so forth. And then we take a transparent margin on carbon offsets. So like I mentioned earlier, transparency, we're really big on this. The carbon offsetting space hasn't had enough transparency yet. Uh, so every offset that somebody does with us gets a track and trace code, just like your, your parcel with you know shipping company. Yep. And you can click it, you can see exactly where the money goes. So yeah, we take a 20% margin on the carbon offset. That's meant to be like a non-for-profit part of our business. So we reduce it with time. That really goes to 
cost of onboarding projects, doing due diligence and so forth. What was the reason for your team to decide to join the Impact Collective? Actually, through the Edmund Hillary Fellowship. A few people involved in the Impact Collective are also part of the fellowship. I was speaking with one of the Impact Collective team at a dinner, talking about Carbon Click, as you do. Yeah, exactly, as you do. Yeah, and, and she recommended that we apply, and I did. And yeah, we got in, and it's awesome. been really, really good. Yeah, awesome. So, I don't know, I wake up some days and I feel like this is an intractable problem. Like, I can't tell if I feel like by 2030 or 2050 that the world that my daughter inhabits is going to be better or worse than it is today. That's just an honest thought. Like, I just don't know. But you must have a better view on this. Like, I'm neither optimistic nor pessimistic. I'm just, I'm more curious than anything. Like, how is this going to be? But what do you think? Oh, that is a great question. And, and it, it really, some days I'm really excited and, and optimistic about the future. Then I read about things that, or I speak with a customer and I, you know, that flips to the pessimistic side. But I think we as humans, we have something in us. We, and, and possibly this is like an evolutionary thing. We see problems and we rally around them to solve them. And that's in our, it's in our DNA, in a way. We are awesome at tackling problems together. And I, I just hope that the interests that don't want us to solve this problem are not too strong. Uh, and I think that we are capable and we are doing a lot to solve this problem. There's a growing movement. It's gotta get, it's gotta grow stronger. Right. So if any of your listeners are thinking about where to take their career, I think, working on this particular problem is going to be extremely rewarding in many ways. Yeah. So, you know, when I say it that way, I think, I think I'm leaning towards optimistic, but you're just leaning. I love this. <laughs> I'll put it this way. When you said you had this airport thing and 60 million customers go, so I'm like, okay, we're going to be fine. This is not, I'm going to call my daughter and tell her everything's going to be okay. And then I asked you the question and you weren't like clearly in the optimistic camp. And now I'm thinking, I mean, I'm high enough to jump kind of thing. <laughs> That is a drop in the bucket, to be honest. But because there are 10,000 such initiatives at play, I think that's, that's what's going to move the needle. We, we're just, we're a single drop. Like, that's the big thing. It's, it's a complicated, it's a big machine. There's lots of moving parts and lots of contributors. And that together, I think we can do it. But Got it. yeah, us alone, yeah, drop in the bucket. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's true for all of us in all spaces in which we operate. There need to be more of us to have any kind of impact or to move the needle. Tell me this and then I'll let you go. If there are people that want to work with you, support you, invest in you, use your technology, become a client, how, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you just across the board? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, my email is literally on our website and I read emails and I respond to emails. Uh, email, I, I, I get through a ton. So yeah, jan at carbonclick.com, I'm there. Yeah, we have a whole team. Dave, our CEO, he's he's the uh, person to talk to about uh, investments. We are on the path to to our next fundraise, okay. so we're 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 always looking for people that are interested and in, on the mission, and most importantly, uh, are able to help. We're looking for the so-called smart money. Actually, who yeah. isn't? But yeah, it's it's definitely a team thing. So we we'd love to hear from any supporters. I guess the big focus right now is to 
find more shoulders to stand on. Uh, we need we need to, to work with the, the businesses and um, that are the leaders, want to be leaders, have a huge reach. We need rapidly need to be able to con connect with millions of, of individuals who want to you know, click, a, click a button at the checkout. Exactly. Okay, I will let you go. Jan Chaplitsky, a co-founder of CarbonClick.com. It's in the name. Figure it out. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Michael, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And yeah, I really appreciate the invitation and thank you for everything you're doing in this space as well. Yeah, it's nothing compared to what you're doing, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you.